0: Leash Today Talking Sport Podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete, when quality matters.
1: Hello and welcome to the final
0: Leash Today uh, Rugby World Cup podcast. How are you, Stephen? A bit sad, actually. A bit sad that it's our last one. A bit sad that the Rugby World Cup is over. A bit sad that there isn't a huge game to anchor this weekend. You know, that you don't have a big game on Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday night to to look forward to. Like The URC doesn't do it for me in the same way as the World Cup does. The soccer doesn't do it for me in the same way. And the GA at the moment is real niche stuff in that it's club championship, which I love. But it's still not blockbuster. So I do think we have a little bit of a gap, and the World Cup, like, that was a great final. Like, it, probably a bit of a game for the purists, but um, it was just, it was so seismic. The collisions, ah, like it was, it was, it was brilliant. I really enjoyed the World Cup final. I really enjoyed the knockout stages of it. and um, I know we got two slightly underwhelming semi-finals. So the England South Africa game was was sort of gripping and went to the last minute and all of that. But uh, yeah, fair play to South Africa.
1: You called it yep. right again. And
0: of course, <laughs> a quick mention before we
1: move on too far. The saddest thing of all is we've no Alan with us no. today. No. So uh, that's, you know, a lot of lot listeners are going to be very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's favourite Alan is away for, on his holidays. So yeah. we'd, have we to, it. we'd have to mosey
0: we, on with just myself and yourself. We missed the trick by not sort of getting his thoughts via WhatsApp. We should have thought of that because he was let him enjoy, let him enjoy his few days off. He's a hard-working
1: man. Yeah, well, we could have said um, before. Yeah, left. Well, you said you said that we uh, or the final was one for the purists, and that's probably you and me. I don't think it would attract <laughs> a whole lot of new fans. But um, my little lad's only eight, and he really enjoyed the collisions. Every time there was a hit, he you know he'd give it a fist bump. He yeah. he didn't mind who, who was throwing the hits
0: in, but he he yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was and a my lad a colossal is... game. My lad is the same. He he says he enjoys he your lad plays rugby, doesn't he? he, just, he, four, he does he play four or My my lad well he he's playing soccer. You can't really play soccer and rugby. They're just No. they're they're they're, they're not should run at the same time more or less. Now if you're really exactly, dedicated
1: yes. mornings is
0: now if you're really Saturday dedicated, mornings. you could go to training and then the fixtures might fall kindly for you. That you like I know sometimes the soccer matches are two o'clock in the day and that, but I'm not really at that level of and I'm at a sports nut, but I'm not really at the level where I'd bring him to North Kildare for an under nine rugby match at eleven o'clock, and then bring him to Abbey Leaks at two o'clock for no, a soccer blitz. Uh, he's that's parental dedication uh, taken to the extreme. All right, yeah. Um, so, uh, the only thing I think about the rugby, we, we did go out a couple of times to talk. My man is very—he's he's a bit sort of shy in that he lo- does love watching it, and he loves throwing around the rugby ball and that at home. Um, but maybe this is me being soft. I view if you could get a bad experience playing rugby now at this age and it could turn you off it for a while. And um, whereas it is the type of game you can take up at a slightly older age if you have a grounding in other sports.
1: Yeah, and uh I, I I totally understand if if parents want to keep their kids out of rugby because they think it's too dangerous, but something's come up with one of my friends recently that it's driving me bananas. The wife wants the little lad to play rugby the little lad wants to play rugby but the dad is from north dublin and there's some reverse snobbery going on and he says he wouldn't let his son play rugby regardless of the fact that he wants to yeah i
0: disagree a, with that man's sport yeah, I I just, there's, yeah there's not a posh man out in uh, out in port arlington yeah I, I i i i challenge anyone to go to port arlington or Port Leash or Atai or carlo or ross gray or anywhere and not find that it's the most salt-of-the-earth welcoming sort of environment that you'll go into. I went out to Talker in Leash myself as an eight or nine-year-old and loved every minute of it, loved absolutely every mm. minute of it. I remember going to North Kildare and Kildare and the Curra and they do the North Leinster Blitzes and then you might go off to a Leinster Blitz. And I actually remember we went up to St Mary's in Dublin, we played some type of a Leinster Blitz. We went up to Dundalk, we stayed overnight, we played an All-Ireland Blitz. We played Cork Con. the Portlaoise under-12s played Cork Con. <laughs> <laughs> we played happened. Cork, cork. Yeah, it was it was so cool. It was this massive blitz in. I think it was Dundalk Rugby Club. And we stayed, we camped. Well, we slept in sleeping bags on the ground of I don't know what on the floor of must have been a community hall or something, but it was just brilliant cracking the bus trips and stopping for the chips on the way home. And there was lads I played rugby with lads from Abbey Leaks, Mount Rat, Camros, Stradbury, um obviously Port Leash, Mount Mellik. That was brilliant, and I I went away then to to to, to Ross Gray boarding school, so you couldn't play. There was a rule that didn't allow you to play both, when you were not that it was very feasible anyway, because it was seven day yeah. boarding, so you wouldn't be home at weekends. Um, and then I loved playing in Ross and then I came back and I played a couple of seasons under twenty and a bit with seconds and thirds then, and again well so welcoming and so sound and, um, but it does it's a bit when you get to an adult and the job I was doing and still playing football and that. Going off tennis courty and Dundalk and these places, it's not easy on a Sunday to play towards. No, your year whole Sunday has
1: gone. Yeah, um, completely. And like you were saying as well, you do get to mix with a load of people because there's so few rugby clubs compared mm. to soccer or GAA. You only have two in Leash, so you're mixing with people from all over the county and a little mm-hmm. bit further afield as well, as you know.
0: Yeah, though I played um, I had a great season playing under 20, We there was a competition the Harry Gale Cup, which was the under 20 equivalent of the Towns Cup essentially, and Port Leash had won two in a row, and then I was playing the next year and we got were beaten in the final by Kildara Port Arlington, who had a very good, uh, good team to bet us in the final in a tie, but a great season Like I think we played seven or eight league games and only the top, maybe two or three qualified for the knockout saves. we went up the long... F- I took the Mullingar and beat Longford in the semi-final um, and then got beaten by Kildare Report. But we're off in Wicklow. Um, we played... Who else did we play? Eden Derry. And it was great. Great fun. And I, and I challenge anyone to go to a rugby club and not find it to be the... Um, I, I would say, and I'm a diehard GA man, I would I would say probably hand on heart, nearly a more welcoming environment than GA.
1: It's probably slightly more inclusive, I think, yeah. Mm. Now slightly that's... less... Elitist, maybe. Elite, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but slightly less elitist than GA or even soccer, I think.
0: Yeah, it's, and that's, a, that's the, a fun one. In,
1: in that, I've said it before, it caters to all kinds of skills, body types and talents. Absolutely, you know, yeah. there is <laughs> There is a position for everybody... Yeah um i know we have a blitz coming up this week and uh, our head coach wants everybody to have a go at playing scrum half which <laughs> half of them are really looking forward to and the other half are absolutely dreading right yeah because <laughs> you know, so. scrum half i'd I,
0: I be watching it because i, be I wouldn't be trying to influence my lad to, that that he says to me i want to go you yeah, know want to go play the rugby and it's a different that, that makes it tougher for kids in the sense that um because it's there's people from everywhere you don't know as many going now that's a very good thing but it's also a very challenging thing for kids like if my young lad goes to play soccer there's 12 or 13 playing the soccer there's probably eight or nine of them in his own class in school whereas he goes to play rugby and he quite possibly be the only one from his class in school to play rugby so that's it it, yeah you're definitely out of your comfort zone there out of your comfort zone a little bit but you would hope that kids the love of the game would um overtake the, the sort of the, the comfort zone element of it and you'd push on but Scrum Half I definitely think is the because is the, I, I, I'd be hinting at definitely like, he you get the ball every single time you know <laughs> and it's almost
1: practically illegal to tackle you when you're just Scrum <laughs> Half you know leave him alone <laughs> speaking of Scrum halves uh, Faf de Clerk what a performance in that final
0: uh, yeah he's he, he's brilliant he's absolutely he brilliant really he's, is, yeah. he's so cocky he's so he couldn't like him but you just, you just have to sort of grudgingly admire him. And there's been a lot of rugby players, a lot of sports stars like that in general.
1: Yeah, um, there's a great video going around of uh, him trying to get a sneaky dig in Joe, at Joe Marler in the semi-final, and Marler just completely ragdolls him with one hand. But <laughs> I think just the the balls to go for it, to go up to a giant prop, and you know try to have, have some of this. Yeah,
0: uh, there's also a video I of him going around was, in, in his Springbok underpants. Did you see that one? Ah, uh, yeah, he did that
1: in the last World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, my missus was a fan of that. I have to say, um, yeah. yeah, he he likes it. There was a couple of others. There was a few of them had the the springbok underwear ready to go. Yeah. So that's certainly a sign of confidence. Yeah, and did uh, a great,
0: which maybe they were to wear and the match.
1: But oh, they absolutely
0: were. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's a sign of confidence. Yeah, yeah, ready yeah. to go. Yeah, and their, um the the homecoming they got was I uh, was, was just insane. Yeah. yeah, and like it is. I know. We're, like it is. Like there is more. Black people playing for south africa the The scenes in in South Africa, like were across the the spectrum, you know, um, and that wasn't always the case. We, we spoke about Nelson Mandela last week and how sy- symbolic it was of him wearing the springbok jersey, given what how how bad the situation and that led to them being banned from world sport yeah. for so long.
1: And even, even
0: in the build-up to, uh, to the last
1: World Cup, Razzy Erasmus said he got an awful lot of stick, even from his own friends, for making Khaleesi the captain. Mm. Uh, people saw this, maybe a token gesture, that because he was black, he was made the captain. But mm. absolutely not. He, he's a hell of a leader, fully deserved yeah. it. And I see he's the first rugby player to go over a million followers on Instagram. Gee. So you know Does that's... they have a
0: really interesting story. Like He grew up in a township.
1: He did. Uh, there was a couple of them actually. Was it Mapimpi um, was as well? Mm. Um, but yeah, he's a great story. There's a few of them uh, Springboks with a great story. Peter Steff de Toit had to have was it ligaments or cartilage or something? Uh, a transplant from his dad's leg to his own so he could play. Um, Dion Ferry is another one. He had almost given up on rugby, and ended up becoming the oldest uh, Springbok. Debutant, uh, debutant at 36, or
0: 36, 36.
1: yeah, thirty six to make your debut. Yeah, he had left South Africa. He went to play in Lyon. Uh, he was down in the Pro D two in France with Grenoble, and then he ended up going back. He wanted to play with the Stormers for one last year, just to cap <laughs> off his career, and ended up getting a call up from it, which yeah. is just amazing. Yeah. And then to have to play practically the entire final, our position. He's only got Lyon, thirteen caps or something.
0: Something like that, yeah, yeah, incredible. Gymnastics was his original sport, he was a very, very high level gymnast. You wouldn't but... imagine there'd be much crossover between, <laughs> but well, I suppose again, it goes back to the thing like it does give you a base of athleticism. And uh, That's I, do true. See kids, I do see kids that do, um, actually, two sports that I see kids when I coached under eight, sevens, under nines, kids that do MMA and I'm not a fan of that sport, and kids that do gymnastics, like, they've got incredible agility and um, athleticism sort of f- foundation. And uh, absolutely, there's no harm anyway, you know? Why Why do you say you're not a fan of MMA? Is it the violence, or...? Well, Conor McGregor would have done nothing for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that's, that's just one. I don't know if you watch the boxing at the weekend, Francis Ngannou against...
0: No, uh,
1: too late for me, no. Well, Francis N'Ganu would be the complete antithesis to Conor McGregor, so if you don't like Conor McGregor, I recommend you have a look at Francis Nganu. He might steer you right on, on MMA, because it is... I know McGregor and lads like that do give it a bad name, but that's not everybody, I would say. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're coming to the end of the rugby podcast, and I think five minutes after the final whistle went, my Twitter was just blown up with stuff about the British and Irish Lions. And it got me thinking. Um, you, and my, you and I might have very different opinions about this. I personally think it's time for Ireland to pull the plug on the Lions and say, no thanks, we don't want it anymore. It's of no benefit to us as a country. It might benefit the lads individually, uh, mm. and I'm sure it's a great accolade to have, and it's the pinnacle individually of the sport, but I think the british and irish lions has had its day
0: and i don't think it serves us in particular very well at all yeah and you know what i nearly would have been of that view previously when i was you know like the, the hype around the lions tour used to annoy me and um, the the grading of the six nations conversation to glorify its lions trials used to annoy me um you know <laughs> every six nations games is viewed in who are the winners and losers in terms of lion selection that annoys mm. me because like these are serious contests in their own right um but as I've matured and <laughs> some people would say I haven't matured at all <laughs> um I think that the Lions does have a place, and that like you know, like rugby, every sport has its own sort of peculiarities. And rugby is unique. It's not a proper global sport like soccer. Soccer is the truly global game. Rugby is a smaller, absolutely smaller uh, scale. And I think traditions and that are important and shouldn't be entirely sort of thrown out. Um, and I, I I used to give out like stink about the Lions tour. I, I used to be of that view that actually, you know, Ireland are trying to compete with New Zealand and South Africa and these type of teams, they join up with england and wales and scotland and try and tell themselves that it's a massive achievement to go and beat some of these countries and they often more or more often not particularly from the, the previous new zealand tours came back a shell of themselves because they got their conference got such a rattle and um the, the lions for the most part is a losing brand like the reason this, the 97 tour in South Africa is talked up so much is because the Lions had such a desperately bad record before and after it. and uh, But having said all that, I actually, I love the build-up games. I love, particularly in South Africa, because the weather is better in South Africa, it makes for great TV. New Zealand is grim because the weather is so crap at the time of the year it's being played. In. Yeah. And Australia is a little bit, like... Australia aren't strong enough and their club teams aren't strong enough. But I love the warm-up games where they go off to some of the provincial teams in South Africa and they play in these sort of ramshackle club grounds a little bit. And the, the, the test games, the test games are generally, they are a massive level up again. Um, like you think back, like the three games in New Zealand the last time, or in, the last time they are in New Zealand, which is what, 2017,
1: the test yeah. games
0: in south africa in 20, 2009 when there was a massive irish representation um like those tests that's i know so physical as rugby's ever been It's absolutely brilliant do, do, those games and like the australia 2013 um like that was okay australia weren't wonderful but it did go down to the last uh, test it was it was one all it was it was still a game at half time of the third test i know the lions eventually bet the crap out with them um but yeah, I do think I think I think I think, and I think touring is is a part of rugby, and I think it's been lost a little bit. Even there's been a little bit of his comeback come back, like with Munster playing South African in, in Porky Queeve last year, and those midweek games are um, like I'd be a real nerd, like I'd be watching the Tuesday games in the Lions, in the Lions tours at at that. Oh, I'm the same. I, you know, I do quite enjoy them, but yeah, no, I just think that
1: like if you compare it to uh, last summer when Ireland went to tour New Zealand, mm. uh I have never cared as much about a Lions tour as I did about those games. Uh, it was the same okay. about six years ago when Ireland went down to tour South Africa when uh, your man CJ Stander got that red card. Oh first, yeah, I remember, I remember it? Uh... That. like it's incomparable. I just I never really care. Obviously, I want the Lions to win because there's a lot of Irish lads on it, but it doesn't. It doesn't stormy emotionally the same way that an Ireland tour would. Yeah, and I think maybe if they if they took it away from those traditional tri nations and if it was the Lions to go and tour the Pacific Islands, Fiji, Samoa, uh, Tonga, maybe go and play in Japan, play in America. It might grow Argentina. the game and then there might be some actual value to it. I'd love to see them tour Argentina.
0: Yeah, That'd be like I, I it was it Robert Kitson had a piece in the Irish Times which was Chem Via de or whatever, and he, he was saying like Ireland should be playing Canada and America and USA and as part of the build-up. And I think like I think there's an element like wouldn't it be, it'd be very cool to see them play Fiji and Samoa as the warm-up games to playing in Australia? And well there is there is a Possibility that they'll be playing Fiji
1: As one of the warm-up games Because you've got the uh, You've got the Fiji and Drua Who are mm. playing in Australia now In Super Rugby And so there is talk that Both Australia and the Lions Will play a test against Fiji As warm-up games Which would be a step in
0: the right direction A step in the right direction, yeah Absolutely I know, look uh, I I can get why you could I get the argument, your, the argument you're making But I do think it would be a loss And I, I agree with you Like the Lions game would be over and five minutes later I wouldn't be bothered by it, win or lose. I enjoy watching it at the time and I think that's a big thing with the Irish public and the Irish rugby team at the moment. Like, people love watching it at the time. Then when it's over, apart from the diehards like yourself, the wider public aren't as invested. Yes, they'll watch it, but when it's over and done with, it's over and done with. Um, Yeah. Here into the other thing, Johnny Sexton's statement, and I'm a I'm an apologist for rugby sort of the carry on of it or the sort of the, the, the grief that I it gets from it. He hated Johnny Sexton's statement, so did I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was pathetic <laughs> and cringy. It was absolutely fine up until the last paragraph of his statement, when he said that, they sat, well, that down, was... they sat down as a squad four years ago and their aim was to inspire the nation. We lost but we won absolute nonsense of the highest order. Like, it's not... No, I didn't understand it. I don't know why he even bothered
1: making a statement. I mean... Goodbye and thanks, like, is his, you know... (laughs) Well, have you heard the latest news on him? No. Uh, My cat is supposed to be leaving uh, the coaching ticket and there is talk that Johnny could be replacing.
0: Right. I wouldn't wouldn't. be a massive fan of that. I'd rather to see him cut his ties
1: for for a short while. I expected him to go with Stuart Lancaster and coach at Racing for a couple of years. Hmm. He's already been with Racing as a player. He knows Lancaster very well. I think that would have been a good fit.
0: I, I don't think he enjoyed his time in Paris at all, though. And he's a young family. He does have a young family. He you wouldn't necessarily have to bring
1: them. I wouldn't mind <laughs> heading over to Paris for a year. Um, I don't know. I don't think this is the right call at all. I hope it's just the rumor mill and it's not going to come to fruition. But I'd be yeah. concerned about it, especially he knows all the players. Like, yeah, no, I don't he think needs... it's good to go directly from a player to a coach in
0: the same environment. No, I agree. So I agree with you. I think he could do with a gap, like. And and going somewhere like Rassing would be would be good for his development as a coach, like what O'Gara has done. Like what O'Gara has done has been incredible, and you'd imagine he'll be. He surely has to be the next Ireland coach or the next monster coach if if he wants to be. Um, I I'd say he can pick his job at this stage. Mm. You know, after winning back-to-back Heineken
1: Cups, yeah, I think he can he can pick. If he wanted to be the Lions coach, he could walk it. If he wanted to be Ireland, yeah. England. Anywhere basically bar New Zealand, and I would not be shocked to see him maybe take an international job before he takes the Ireland job. Yeah,
0: fair play to him. He's some, he's an, as, as the Munster fans ah, used to yeah. say about John Hayes, he's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that's not a, a rumor in the IRFU is
1: David Humphreys has taken over as the performance director from David Nusifora. Uh, I know you're a fan of David Humphreys, he's he was finishing up as I was starting to watch rugby, but he. He's been involved with Ulster for the last number of years, which hasn't gone
0: wonderfully.
1: Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, he can help build on what New Sephora has done for the men's game, and hopefully, put a bit of life back into women's rugby in this country mm, because that, it has—it's been all
0: downhill the last five or six years. It has absolutely from a, from a, such a relative high. um At one yeah, stage. The Grand Slam or the Six Nations,
1: at least not that long ago, maybe six, seven years ago. So... Got to a
0: World Cup semi final. Semi final? I think. Yeah, so, beat yeah. New Zealand, so... beat New Zealand. Alison Miller scored a try. Yeah. There's um, a lot of work to be done there and hopefully David Humphreys is the man to do it. It, it. Speaking of Humphreys, like I don't think we can be lucky enough to get an out half as good as Sexton or an out half as good as O'Gara again. But if we could get one as good as Humphreys, wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Or my I, other, I, my, or one of I my like, other like former. as well because you might. Go ahead. Or one of my other f- favorite former players, Eric Elwood. Eric Elwood, I like <laughs> Eric Elwood myself. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind
1: that because if you have somebody a steady seven out of ten, then there's less reliance mm. on that one player. Like I, we've been far too overly reliant on Johnny for the last ten years. Yeah. And I don't mind not having one standout superstar because rugby is not a
0: superstar game. It's very much a 23-man game. Yeah, I actually Um, thought they they possibly missed the trick by not exploring the possibility over the last couple of years of playing your Jack Crowleys or whoever for the first 50 minutes and having Sexton at the peak of his power for the last 30 minutes when the games were there to be won and lost. And like I think Ireland could have backed themselves to to remain in contention against every team in the world for 50 or 60 minutes. And imagine having Sexton lift that it would give. I know they didn't take him off in the New Zealand game, and he was still going fine, which is a credit to him. I remember him actually scoring a win and drop goal in a in a, in a schools cup final, and he was in transition year. He was wearing the number sixteen jersey, which was most unusual for so about half. St. Mary's beat Belvedere on an absolute pig of a day in the 2002 Schools Cup final in Lansdowne Road. I was at it. I was in the upper tier of the West End, if anyone's interested, <laughs> which I doubt they are. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, was there. Yeah.
1: Well, I I think that. Pretty much brings our rugby podcast series to an end. And on a personal note, I'd like to thank yourself, Alan, and all the listeners for joining us for the last nine weeks. It's been fantastic. Before we sign off, uh, we do have a new podcast that you're going to give us a quick rundown on uh, the
0: new Leash Today Quizcast. The Quizcast, yes. So we sort of trialed it here last week. We have at least sixteen contestants. We might even have a few more, but it's no—it's it's like the World Cup. You have to have a few reserves because I'm sure we could have a few uh, lads withdrawing or pulling out. It's sort of a celebrity quiz, um, if you use the word celebrity very lightly. <laughs> we have sixteen contestants. Essentially, is what it'll boil down to. It's straight knockout. So there's a round of sixteen, which will be done on Zoom. You're the quiz master. Alan, your lovely assistant, will be uh, on on the on the call as well. And there'll be two contestants up against each other, the winner of which, after your five rounds, uh, will go through to the quarterfinal. Uh, the first round of 16 and the quarterfinal round will all be done on Zoom. They'll be available in podcast format. They'll be available in video format on Facebook and on YouTube. And then for the semifinals and final, they will be held at a live venue in Leash. Uh, I don't want to give away details of that and just waiting for confirmation on it, but I th- th- think it's looking good. And we will have a top prize for the winner. We'll have sort of goodie bags, or if you call them goodie bags, we'll have a little prize for, for the people who take part. There will be a leash today involving myself and Alan and Barry McAvoy and uh, Porrick Ramsbottom, and a few of our own reporters will be taking part. But I think the draw isn't confirmed yet, but I think we're going to be in our own pool or segment and there'll be one leash today representative will make the semi finals and the 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 rest will come from the 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 sort of the other side of the draw and uh as i said the f- semi finals and finals will be in a live venue and um I'm looking forward to it uh i'm sure are you have you, you have you all the questions ready mark? have you been doing your original... <laughs> not quite
1: not quite i'm laboring away here i was i was getting nervous when you said we might have more than sixteen because i'm <laughs> i <I'm at> my... <laughs> I'm at the end of my tether here, trying to get 16 questions or 16 sets of questions for everybody. Um, here you can repeat yeah, some of the questions. My and Alan will get the draw sorted out next week, and it, we will seed it. The draw, uh, <laughs> the draw. Yeah, well, it'll be seeded. It'll be it'll be weighted in favour, and we'll have it. We'll do a bit like uh, like world rugby. <laughs> we'll try to make it as interesting as possible, yeah. so that it's, it's it's still fun for everybody. Come the semi-finals and the final. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of a regionalized yeah, draw to it.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and this is your so, idea to be fair this is your this is... yeah yeah go ahead this is your idea um, and your concept and fair play we, we've sort of tried to to refine it a little bit by you know the, just the structure of it but it's definitely your idea you're a it's, it's a great idea and you've put so a lot of thought into the rounds and that and I, think, I think people will enjoy it and it'll be even if you're not one of the contestants I think people will enjoy listening to it and getting the, the, the sort of guessing the answers and that themselves
1: Well, it is my idea, and I've been spreading the word uh, around the place, and there's quite a few people interested in the live, uh, good live version, and hopefully, you know, we might get, if you you happen to get knocked out before the live semis, we might get a few people in the crowd to to challenge Stephen. We had a couple of spot prices for anybody who might be able to beat you, but... uh, yeah, I've been working away on the questions. We we did a trial run last week, and there'll be a few more rounds added to it as we go through the rounds. But yeah, hopefully it all goes well, and hopefully the listeners enjoy it. That's the main is, thing. Is there any
0: way of summarising the questions, like just sort of so people can expect, like how how tough will they be? I know we gave a sample of it last week, and people can listen back to that. Where I bet Alan, I think five one or something. My my plan would be that they
1: would get gradually harder as the rounds go on. Okay, but don't make them too hard. Um, oh, well, no, you you'll get a, you get a nice sense of it last week. I mean, like we have, the first round is the Golden Goose. So I'll tell you what, I'll just pick it. I actually have it open here. I'll give you a quick one at random. Um, so, okay, here we go. Who has won the most Super Bowl titles? <sighs> uh, and so I have a list of four teams here. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who they are, but if you give me the team with the most uh, Super Bowls, you get two points. That's your golden goose, two points. However, if you give me the team with the least amount of Super Bowls, you get minus one. Um, so you lose a point. After that, then we move into round two, which is uh, Han Leash. And those are purely Leash-based questions. It's mostly GA, but not exclusively GA. Um, Round 3
0: Is there is only one point
1: be... for the Hon Leash round Is it? Only one point Yeah that's the that's A basic round One point one answer Um, Round 3 is reeling in the ears Which I know you enjoyed That's where you get 3 questions from a, a Given year
0: 3 points and up for grabs four, and reeling then... in the
1: ears Sorry? 3 points up for grabs and reeling in the ears 4 again if you take the bonus point But the bonus the point question. comes with a risk If you take the bonus question and get it wrong, you lose a point. Um, (laughs) And then finally, then we're going to do head-to-head rounds. Uh, I haven't even looked at that yet, but I will get to it. How how does that work? Yeah. Uh, Off the top of my head, let's say I ask you how many caps does Brian O'Driscoll have for uh, Ireland. Uh, Let's say you it's you against Alan. You would both write down your answer. One of you. Or you both hold it up at the same time, and whoever's closest to the correct answer gets a point. Oh,
0: that's fair enough, yeah. yeah so there'll be three on,
1: questions yeah. in that round. We'll probably have a final score of about a maximum score of about ten. Mm. And then as we go move on to the quarterfinals, the questions will get harder. And as we get into the semis and the finals, we'll have a couple of extra rounds yeah. uh, to make it Don't worth everybody's while to Don't show make up. Them
0: too hard. <laughs> tough <laughs> but fair, tough but <laughs> fair. And what happens if it's a draw? Have you a tiebreaker?
1: I have tiebreakers. Okay. Yeah, I have one or two tiebreakers. I'm assuming it's not going to be too many draws. But yeah, I, um, yeah,
0: yeah. You can repeat I'll questions. You can repeat questions if needs be, because, like, not everyone will be answering the same questions all the time. So we'll allow you to repeat questions. It's not the end of the world. Well, as it is, I have three of the rounds, two and a half rounds done, Fair, and yeah. I have no repeat questions or anything. So Okay. I'll... All right. Well, that teased it up nicely. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Myself and Mark will be back with a... GA podcast looking ahead to the weekend Um, also this podcast is going out Thursday slash Friday and we'll also have another one out Thursday slash Friday as well we'll leave it at that over and out good luck God bless goodbye The Leash Today Talking Sport podcast brought to you in association with Booth Concrete Booth Concrete provide high quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties Thinking Concrete Think Booth Concrete When quality matters